the age of 18, over the age of 18, and you ever sang in your church's children's choir, raise your hand. Well, that's great. That's a lot. That makes me happy. If you were under the age of 18, under the age of 18, and you have ever in your life sang in a church's children's choir, I want you to stand up. Go ahead. I know. Thank you. If you are standing up, remain standing, remain standing, and you sing in our church's children's choir, raise your hand. I know that you do. Very nice. And I also know that you sang in the sanctuary last Sunday and I heard rave reviews. So congratulations. You all did a very nice job. I'm excited. I'm excited because children's choir are going to sing at Chapel Roswell on November 13th. So If you want to sing with the children's choir on November 13th right here, then you can just go to Sunday school because they practice at Sunday school and they practice Wednesday nights. So it's very exciting. But what's also very exciting is that I need you to sing with me right now. I know, it's bring your own talent. So we're going to bring our own talent. There is a song that I want you to sing with me. It's kind of an artifact from my children's choir days of my old church. So if you're under the age of 18, I need you to stand up. Everybody's going to sing with us. Our band's going to lead us. The words are going to be on the screen. So sing with me, please. And their hand motions, by the way. Kiss was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed his way, looked up in that tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house today. We're going to do it again. Yeah, I need you to sing louder, and I need you to do my hand motions, okay? Thank you very much. Let me make sure everybody over here is doing it. Are we ready? Are we ready? Let's do it. Kiss was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today, for I'm going to your house today. Nicely done. All right, if you were under the age of 18 and you want to color and you sang with me, your prize are these coloring sheets. You are more than welcome, if you want to, to come and grab a coloring sheet. This is from our response last week, in case you missed it. But what you have just done is you actually sang, uh, yes, you sang our scripture today. Believe it or not, we just sang a wonderful little song 
that is an entire story in scripture. Does anyone know the book of the Bible that this song comes from? Just a guess, anybody? Luke. Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. I will read it and you can follow along with me on the screens. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. And a man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and he was happy to welcome him. And all who saw it began to grumble and said, he has gone to be the guest of the one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek out and to save the lost. Recently, we took our children on a trip to Washington, D.C. And the whole purpose of this trip was that we could show our children the archives of the United States. We wanted them to see the artifacts, to see the documents, to see the monuments, to actually see the history of their nation. And so typically what I do is I start to plan the trip and I start to think through everything we can do on this trip. And so I started to do that for the DC trip. And so I made a list of everything that we were going to do. And I even ranked them into importance and not important, not as important. I mean, they're still important, but not as important as the other things, right? And so you can imagine my list. It was completely unrealistic. But I knew that we were going to be able to accomplish it all. Because I had divided what we needed to do every single day to make it all work. And you know, we would have done it had it not been from one guy. There was one guy that messed the whole thing up. And it happened very early on day two. We took our children to the building, the National Archives. And if you've been in the National Archives, you know that there's kind of a little semicircle. And the Declaration of Independence is smack dab in the middle. And you can read about it to the left and to the right, but you can just walk right up to the documents. So we get there and I'm explaining this to the children. Like, this is an important moment, everybody. Take it in. So we don't have to sit in the line. We don't have to read everything. We can just go straight up. And I was like, come on. So we went right over to the Declaration of Independence, right up to it. And I said, there it is, guys. 
Okay, we got to go now. (laughs) And I start to take us out. And of course, right as I'm looking for the exit sign, I'm about to check it off the list, like, done. Where are we going next that we can check off this list? As soon as I get so close to the exit sign, I hear somebody behind me go, excuse me, ma'am. And I turn around, and sure enough, it's a security officer. The security officer says, do you have any questions about what you just saw? I was like, oh, no, no. We're good. We saw it. We're good. No questions. And then he stops the children. And he says, children, do you have any questions about what you just saw? And they look up at me and I give them one of those mom looks like, don't you dare say yes. We're headed to the portrait gallery. (laughs) And they're like, no, we're good. So then the security officer says, okay, well, I have some questions for you. And he said, do you know what the Declaration of Independence was written on? They're like, paper? (laughs) Yes, but do you know, what do you think the paper was made of? My children go, I don't know. And so the security officer says, go, read, find the answer and bring it back to me. So they do. They come back and the security officer says, well done. Do you know what kind of ink was used on that paper? I'm like, oh no. And he says, go find the answers and come back to me. And then the next question, do you see Abraham Lincoln anywhere in this building? No, go find him and tell him, bring it back to me. The next question, did you know there's a mistake in the Declaration of Independence? There's actually a misspelling. And my children are like, no. And he says, yes, I don't know where it is. So go find it and come bring me the answers. On and on this goes. And the whole time I look at my husband, I'm like, how can we shake the security officer? As soon as we're released from this, the security officer, this policeman, looks straight at me and says, when you are in the presence of important documents you must ask as many questions as possible. Friends, we are in the presence of a very important document every time we read a story in Scripture. This is a living artifact for us. It tells us about our history It tells us about our church. It tells us about our faith. It tells us about what to do next. And so when we are in the presence of these important documents, we have to read what's on the left and what's on the right and ask as many questions as we can about the thing in the middle. And so it's in that spirit that we ask a lot of questions about this particular story. Like, who is Zacchaeus anyway? And what is his deal? And why in the world did Zacchaeus get a song and not a lot of other people? Why didn't the fishermen get a song when they had their big nets and they didn't catch anything? What about the woman in the well? Where's her song? What about the woman who was almost stoned? Where's her song? 
What about the guy that was taking down the house through the roof? Where's his song? Why does Zacchaeus get a song? And was Zacchaeus really that short? Do you think Zacchaeus was bald? Do you think Zacchaeus had a full head of hair? What do you think Zacchaeus' house looked like? And do you think Zacchaeus was ready for a random dinner guest? That's what I really want to know. I mean, there's some nights in my house where I am not ready for a dinner guest. Is he, like, is Jesus showing up at Zacchaeus' house on like a Taco Tuesday kind of thing? Or is it like a, we're going to clean out the fridge, smorgasbord kind of night? Because those are very different kind of nights at my house. What kind of night did Jesus just randomly show up and have dinner? And why in the world is Zacchaeus in a tree? Have you ever been in a tree? Have you ever really climbed a tree? I hope so. Yes, good. Climbing in a tree is a wonderful thing to do. (laughs) Because you know, once you get to the spot that you want to get to in the tree, it is a beautiful view. But you know, if you've ever climbed a tree, it takes a lot of energy. And it takes some strategy, doesn't it? Because you have to know where to put your weight and where not to put your weight. You have to be agile. You have to think on your feet a little bit too. Because you're trying to get very safely to that one place in the tree where the branches fold and make the perfect little seat for you. So in my mind, that's where Zacchaeus is. We know he's energetic and we know he's strategic because he found the perfect spot nestled in a tree. We also know that Zacchaeus is a tax collector and we know that this is not a popular thing to be. This is not a great profession that is well-respected. It's like a member of the IRS coming to knock on your door and asking you for your quarterly payment or your annual payment plus some. And he'll show up whenever he wants to and says, I'm going to need some extra because I'm going to have to take what you owe the government, but then I'm going to need some more for me. And so nobody really liked this guy. And they really didn't like Zacchaeus because tax districts They were made for one chief to be in charge. And so Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector for this particular tax region or tax district. And it's large. It's well populated. So that makes Zacchaeus very, very wealthy. So quite possibly his house would have been the nicest house in the community. And we also know that people are mad about it. They're mad that Jesus decided to go to that fancy house and no one else's. And so we hear in the text people arguing and being in conflict about it. Why that guy? We also wonder, why does Zacchaeus even want to see Jesus? Does Zacchaeus have something he wants to confess? Or maybe he's just curious. 
You know, sometimes something big happens in the neighborhood and everybody comes out and they're like, what's going on here? <laughs> they just got a lot of questions. It could have been like that for Zacchaeus. You never really know why anybody needs to see Jesus. A lot of people think that Zacchaeus was in a tree because the community blocked him out, because the community barricaded him. Whenever Jesus came into town, they decided they can't control a lot of things, but they could control who they let in and who they let out. And so they decided that Zacchaeus was not worthy enough. And so possibly they lined up and made a barricade with their bodies not to let him in. And so Zacchaeus, what did he do? He found another route. And so the one person the crowd didn't want, the one person that had to take a different path is the one person that Jesus called out by name. Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house today. And that's the whole changing point of the entire story. The one that no one wanted, the one that everyone looked down upon was the one that Christ found and did not look down in judgment, but looked up in hope and in love and found him. And with all that energy that Zacchaeus used to find that perfect spot, he ran down the tree just as happily. I have an uncle back in the 70s. His parents wanted him to go to college after high school. That was the plan. And one day, my uncle decided that is not what he was going to do. So he wrote a note and left it on the kitchen counter. And the note said, I'm headed to the airport. I need to go find myself. Dad saw the note. Dad ran to the airport. Of course, this is in the 70s. So it's back in the day when you could just roam the airport wherever you wanted to go. And the dad found the son, my uncle, in the airport. Found him sitting down right by the gate. So his dad took him by the ear at age 19. Yes, your parents can still take you by the ear at 19, I guess. Took him by the ear, went straight into the bathroom, threw him right in front of a mirror and said, your name is John. You are in the men's bathroom of the Dallas-Fort Worth airport. I have found you. This is over. <laughs> Sometimes it's like we need somebody to remind us our name and who we are and where we are. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing. Zacchaeus, I know your name and you are right here with me. And there's something about that personal investment, that personal invitation. Jesus didn't wait for Zacchaeus to invite him. Jesus picked him out and said, I'm going with you. That security guard could have picked anybody in the room, but he picked my children, called them out, 
engaged and said, you are right here in this important place. So let's learn about important things together. And as a result, we didn't do anything on my list that day, but that is my children's, one of their favorite memories of that trip because they learned and lived it completely in that moment. There is a personal invitation that Jesus offers every day, every moment. It says, I know who you are. I have found you. You are with me. Just sometimes we're really busy with our list, checking it off. That we don't accept that invitation completely. There was this very accomplished musician, accomplished composer. And he had a very rebellious son. And the son sometimes would wait till the late, late hours of night and wait for his father to be asleep. And the son would run down to where his father's piano was. And he would play a very simple scale as loudly as he could. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti. And he wouldn't play the last note. And it drove his father mad. And his father would turn in the bed and not be able to rest. And the father would try to hum the note, but that wouldn't do it. The father could not go to sleep until he got out of his bed, ran to his piano and played the last note to complete the scale. The same is true for our faith. We play around with the songs that we know from the Bible. We play around with the notes that we know about faith and scripture. But sometimes we don't finish it completely. We forgive, but not completely. We love, but not completely. We serve, but not completely. We accept, but not completely. And the story of Zacchaeus is to remind us that our life must reflect our confessions completely. This wee little old man, as soon as he responded to God, he gave four times what he took. It's exactly from the Old Testament of Exodus. It's the law of restitution that says, the thief shall pay four sheep for the one. Zacchaeus went from being this distant observer to being the example of a completely committed disciple. I think there are a lot of times when we feel like we've been barricaded. We've been cast out or we've been blocked out from different things. It's so easily, it's so easy to think that we are an outcast 
are lost. It could be that we're just so tired of looking at the backs of people's heads. It might be time for us to sing a new song or to find a new route and to hear God calling our name. A very good, important question to ask too is what did Zacchaeus' name even mean? It means clean and innocent. So the one that culture called a sinner, the one that the religious leaders called a sinner, is actually the one that was clean and innocent. Do not let your neighbors or your friends or your family or your coworkers ever make you doubt the love of God because nothing can separate you from the love of the Lord. Even if you have to climb a tree, we all need to hear God say, for I'm going to your house today. Amen. In front of me, you see a tree. Trees are artifacts in their own right. We know that each ring of a tree reminds us of a year that has been lived and lived well. And so today, just as Jesus called out a name from a tree, we will add names to this tree. On Tuesday, November 1st, it's All Saints Day. And so in honor and in memory of the many lives that we remember, the people that have died in our lives that we remember, we honor them and memorialize them today. And so while we sing our closing song, you are welcome to find the tables that have trees, tree leaves and a Sharpie. And we invite you to write the name of someone that you are remembering. And you can stick it right here on any branch of our tree. And as we collect ourselves for that, let's have a word of prayer. Gracious and holy Lord, today we offer ourselves to you fourfold. So whatever it is that we have taken or we didn't offer, we give it to you now over and over and over again. Help us to be better participants in this world, telling people and calling people by name and telling them how loved they are and how remarkable they are. And use us in our vocations from the time that we wake until the time we rest. Take our work as a way for us to give back and create in us a space that helps us to see more of what we can do with our days. Be with the many children as they run around in costumes tomorrow night. May it be a time of fun, but may there be a balance between indulgence and discipline and candy. <laughs> and on November 1st, that next day when we wake up, may we say a prayer of gratitude for those that have died. And may we know that we are stronger in your faith because we have grieved our family, knowing that in confidence they rest in you. 
We pray all these things in the name of the one who saved us from the death's grip and gives to us life eternal. Amen.